Hey everyone, welcome to the episode 7 of The Cam Show. I'm your host, Cameron, and this week we're going to go over Starlink. I have my friend Kayla with me, and, well, let's just get into it. Alright, so, hey Caleb, how are you? Uh, I'm doing okay. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) yeah um uh, yeah it's great to know you're doing okay yeah uh, Yeah. i'm always okay somehow um how are you (laughs) doing cam uh i i'm doing doing well yeah oh okay that's Uh, already in the seventh episode of the podcast yeah exactly oh yeah we are (laughs) on the seventh episode of the podcast episode seven yep Alright, so we're going to talk about Starlink today, so I guess let's just get into that. Um, cool. Yeah, so what is Starlink? It's a global internet satellite system owned by yep. SpaceX uh, with the yeah. goal of providing cheap, high-speed, and reliable global internet. Mm-hmm. Um, and at, at Starlink's rate, um, they're trying to get to speeds like at 1 gigabit. And that's really, really fast. And if you want like a day-to-day comparison, average Wi-Fi speeds are like at 80 megabits per second. And Mm -hmm. um, Starlink's trying to go up to um, one whole gigabit per second. So um, that's a pretty big that's a pretty big increase because a gigabit is how many? uh, Gigabits a thousand megabits. So like the average is like 80 or 80 to 50. Uh, megabits and then going all the way up to 1000 megabits of global internet um is really impressive mm-hmm. yeah so it's going to be launched using the spacex falcon 9 reusable rocket and so mm-hmm. far they've launched 540 with there was supposed to be one going up to this morning yeah and again it's been delayed <laughs> uh-huh. due to the weather for... um yeah yeah, and so their final goal is to launch 12,000 satellites uh, for their wow. Wi-Fi constellation with a possible later extension of 30,000 more satellites to have a total of 42,000 satellites in orbit. That's a uh, lot. Since there's so many... Yeah, it, it is a lot. It's yeah. like... Uh, it's so, about like $10 billion for the production cost of all the satellites and maybe give or take some maybe give more but it's a lot of money it is and hopefully um there i heard their estimated cost is about there's they're aiming for 80 dollars a month yeah with a hundred to three hundred dollar installation fee according to elon musk but we'll see we'll see their goal is to provide cheap and 80 dollars isn't that cheap but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, but I mean, there's a lot of time speed. for this. Yeah. Um, I mean, it hasn't been released yet, so we don't know the exact details. But that's the closest, as close as we have, based off of our sources. Um, but eighty dollars yeah. per month for one gigabit per second internet, or what it claims to be, and maybe it might be a bit more. Um, it's actually a pretty good price, um, considering like. Uh, normal people's internet would maybe be like $20 a month. Um, 
$25 a month or $30 a month, somewhere around there. But then when you jump into yeah. $80 per month um, for a gigabit per second, that's going to be where you get like negative ping or something. <laughs> or you could host <laughs> multiple servers off of the same network. Because um, you could just you could split up that speed um, to a bunch of different routers in the same network or uh, throughout different networks. And then you'd still be faster than the average consumer. So that's kind of impressive. Yeah, that really is. And, well, to achieve that, they're going to use thousands of satellites. And uh-huh. so the way they're keeping everything safe is they're going to have three orbits in three different altitudes, or shells as they call it. Yeah. The first shell will be at 550 kilometers in altitude, or 340 miles. And yeah. will that shell will have 1,584 satellites. At, uh, and yeah. the incline is going to be 53 degrees. The second shell is going to be at 1,110 kilometers or 690 miles, and that will have 2,825 satellites. And then, of course, the yeah. third shell is going to be at 340 kilometers in altitude or 210 miles, and that will have 7,500 satellites. Uh, this is, of course, going to be expanded if Starlink gets the go-ahead for the other 30,000 satellites. Oh, I see. Okay, that's that's a lot of numbers there. Um, kind of mind-boggling. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Um, so at the, least... Um, since... Mm-hmm. Uh, you could go ahead. So, since the second and third orbits haven't been started yet, uh, there might be at inclines of 53.8 degrees, 70 degrees, or and or 81 degrees. But we're not completely sure since it hasn't been confirmed. Yeah. Um, so, that's a lot of numbers <laughs> said before. Uh, <laughs> but at least that we know um, that the space team is doing their best to have um, accurate measurements and they're calculating stuff in the right way and they're yeah. testing uh, a bunch of inclines and different degreeing uh, different angles to go off of um, and the orbiting systems mm-hmm. that way they could um, do their best to provide like the most coverage using the least amount of satellites yet the fastest speeds so that's important um, because if they do some if they do like some so it's very very small quote-unquote small mistake uh, they might be costing thousands or maybe um, close to millions of dollars to buy extra satellites or they might crash into each other but that's it's really unlikely um, yeah so yeah. right now uh, just for a scale there are only 9,400 human launched objects in orbit this isn't like all of the satellites this includes yeah. like older rockets and everything so Starlink is going to uh, be huge, uh-huh. and uh, j- we already have like a small space debris problem, but yeah. with Starlink's autonomous avoidance system, that that might be safer. Uh-huh. Well, that's already <laughs> a lot going out, and we still got thousands of more satellites to launch. Um, exactly. And thousands of more satellites to manufacture, and they got to also test it, uh, make sure that things work. And um, also, that's going to be available to um, U.S. and Canada in 2020 or later this year, hopefully. Um, and then, mm-hmm. as it says, a year later, um, it's going to be available to the entire globe because, of course, 
Starlink is meant to be a global thing. Yeah. And I, I think um, Elon Musk was also saying that Starlink is supposed to be used for, like, um, you know, remote places. But yeah. I'm glad he's starting with Silicon Valley, that area, uh-huh. you know, where, like, yeah. the technology is made. Yeah. That's kind of important because if you, like, um, I don't want to be mean or anything, but I'm just being realistic here. If you were to, like, start by yeah. putting um, technology or sending out the best technology to North Korea or something, or you test Starlink in North Korea, I don't think that's the best place you can test it on. Um, yeah, also because it probably doesn't have the same amount of usage and value yeah. there as it may have here. And plus everything is controlled by the government, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, no freedom. That's true. Kinda, you feel bad for them. Um, yeah. But uh, the fact that you have like this global very high speed internet with um a new approach to technology by satellites instead of just classic um routers and um classic routers and radio bands and just a couple satellite dishes now we got satellites all over the world (laughs) for the same internet Mm -hmm. that's kind of amazing though yeah so, like, at the moment, um, SpaceX is using their uh, Falcon 9 rocket, but uh, I think they're scheduled for February. It's rumored that on mm-hmm. February, either February, th- I'm sorry, I'm saying February, July 13th or July 15th. <laughs> That's a bit off. They're going to uh, do a 150-meter hop of their new Starship vehicle. Ooh. And Starship can hold up to 400 uh, Starlink satellites in a single launch. So that might speed things up really soon. Wow. Um, yeah. So, so I guess let's get into some of the technologies right after we come back from this quick break. All right, guys, um, and we're back. Um, yeah, so let's get into the technologies now. So the, now the new Starlink satellites are going to have dimming features for respect to astronomy and uh, to keep in mind the light pollution that the satellites may cause. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, Elon Musk in his tweet, uh, he said that they're going to change the solar panel angle for less reflection from the sun, as well as they're going to have sunshades, uh, starting with Launch 9, which Launch 9 was supposed to be launched today. So do you want to read the tweet? Yeah, so according to Elon Musk on Twitter, um, he said that, uh, according to his words, he said, we are taking some key steps to reduce satellite brightness, by the way. Should be, must, should be much less noticeable during orbit rays by changing solar panel angle and all satellites get sunshades starting with Launch 9. Well, um, I wish Launch 9 came out. Uh, but, yeah. Um, it's supposed to be matte. They're just painting the satellites matte black, I think. Um, yep, MKB achieves so really way. happy. Matte black everything. <laughs> yes. Marcus <laughs> Brownlee. Uh, so, I mean, it's important that he, uh, keep, that he's aware of light pollution because astronomers and scientists and maybe other astronomers and, um, doing their own stuff, they might try to be looking out for other stuff and, um, the satellites with their light pollution might interrupt, um, radio waves and might interrupt their, if they're trying to scout for more planets with really, really powerful telescopes like the Hubble telescope. Yeah, and the James uh, Webb that's going to be launched soon. Yeah, 
um, a lot of the stuff could be interfered because, you know, the Earth's orbit. Um, there's only so much space in Earth's orbit. Mm-hmm. So, gotta make it useful. Yeah. So, uh, we touched the topic of space debris earlier. And so, to prevent space debris, or m- mostly collisions, they're going to have an AI-driven autonomous collision avoidance system, or like a network, where the satellites will communicate their position and altitude to each other to, of course, avoid collisions. And, yeah, so I guess let's get into the satellite specs. Uh, they're going to all Starlink satellites will be equipped with low-latency transmitters and receiver dishes. Again, not only for the AI uh, autonomous collision avoidance, but also for the Wi-Fi. So what about the satellite specs? And also, um, so the mm-hmm. satellites, some of the specifications of it, um, each each one weighs around 260 kilos, so that's kind of a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and for all of the Americans, um, that's about 573 pounds, so kind of heavy, not going to lie, but I mean, it's not that heavy if you take like a spaceship or a small space shuttle it's actually not too heavy um and they also have four phased array antennas um they have a fixed one and it also uses a computer to point signal at targets and it also uses a motor to move um either the array or a single antenna um for whatever purpose it has to do yeah so i really like they're using the four phased array antennas for every satellite uh, uh-huh. because those huge satellite dishes uh, that they usually use are just too slow to move, and this will really, really yeah. lower their latency. Yeah, makes everything yeah. faster and smoother. Um, cause it, yeah, because it sends out this, um, it sends out an array of radio waves. And it's kind of and it's um, really important for antennas for a huge amount of antennas to pick up and transmit signals like this. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, and it also includes a single solar array um, and special solar panels made by Tesla um, with the sunshades, of course. <laughs> and they also added a uh, Krypton ion engine propulsion system. Um, and it's also going to be a first spacecraft to use Krypton gas as fuel. So that, yeah. That sounds bad for Superman. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking when I saw that. It's like, ooh, is this a company Whenever or is Krypton. this actual Krypton? <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, so they actually use Krypton gas. It's really cheap uh, to put into fuel, and it lasts a while. The biggest issue is why most other satellites don't use it is it corrodes a lot. But, I mean, Starlink oh, yeah. isn't meant to last uh, decades it's probably meant to last i think five years before its term is over and they'll be deorbited so basically the way an ion engine propulsion system works is ion engines ionize the gas electrons in this case krypton and create a cloud of positive ions and then they use electrostatics um, because electrons are accelerated by the coulomb force uh, along the created electric field uh, which is the thruster. The Coulomb force is pushing on the positively charged ions with a positively charged repulsor, kind of like putting two positive poles of a magnet together. And yeah, yeah I'll leave a link down below, probably a nice video, uh, where you can learn more about Coulomb mm-hmm. force. But yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. 
we're no professional rocket scientists, so maybe <laughs> check out a couple of videos. Yeah. Um, that can explain it better than we can. But it's a lot that's going on with the Starlink system, which is really nice. Yep. So what about the Star Trekker? Um, wait, can I go? I need to get more water. Okay. Pause for a sec. All right. All right. Uh, so the Star Tracker and navigation sensors are used for altitude and placement of broadband uh, through throughput uh, for the uh -huh. internet, and that not only helps with the positioning and autonomous avoidance system, uh, but also with the internet speed. Yeah. Um. So I could go over. Um. So I'll be going over some internet specs right now, and um, so far as all the information says, um, the regular frequency of Wi-Fi is 2.4 gigs, um, or 2.4 gigabits, or gigahertz, and uh, it's also going to be 5G capable, or 5 gigahertz capable. Um, so it's going to be standard Wi-Fi bands, of course, or else um, if we have the wrong radio bands, then it's going to interfere with other um, technology like a microwave and then mess up your signal and all that stuff. Um, and the latency can go all the way up to 600 milliseconds, or the ping could go all the way up to 600 milliseconds. Um, so that's not that bad, um, considering that like you could get <laughs> like maybe 10,000 millisecond ping. Um, from regular networks at most. Wow. Um, yeah, so that's 10 that seconds of crazy. just delay, of entire delay between two devices. But seeing that there's like a cap of only 600 milliseconds, that's it's pretty good. Um, and we also got uh, yeah. good high-frequency bands. And 2019, the Air Force connected Starlink with 610 megabits per second data link to a plane in flight. So, base that is yeah. basically usually when you're on a plane, the Wi-Fi is pretty slow. Yeah, well, but... that's probably because um, <laughs> in the old days, or I mean nowadays, but it's going to be changing when Starlink comes out. Um, Wi-Fi, airplane Wi-Fi is mm -hmm. received differently um, through satellites and towers, um, but the connection is pretty weak because you're all the way up in the air. And then bands can't travel as far, so you have to reflect them through satellites. Um, but since Starlink is has like a couple thousand satellites and it's going to be traveling throughout the entire atmosphere, um, then uh, plane flight or airplane Wi-Fi, it's going to be very very powerful because of how the how many satellites that Starlink's going to have that could transfer Wi-Fi really well. Um, so yeah. I think that's really, really nice because, um, now we don't have that crappy, like 10 meg, 10 megabit per second airplane Wi-Fi that takes like, <laughs> that takes like five minutes to load a movie. Um, yeah, but I mean, uh, airplane Wi-Fi is good, but this is just way, way better and super impressive. That's pretty good. Yeah, so I guess you could explain a little bit more about how Wi-Fi works com and compare it to how Starlink Wi-Fi okay. will work. So regular Wi-Fi, um, it functions by a source and a destination. That's how all networking goes. There's a source and a destination. 
Um, so let's say you're just sending a message to your friend from your computer to your friend's computer uh, through Wi-Fi. So what's going to happen is that when you enter data, um, it's going to go through something called an OSI. It goes through seven layers of the OSI model. I'm not going to get into detail of that because it's a lot of networking stuff. But essentially, the data is going to be sent to your router, which is then going to be sent um, through a huge network of routers until it finds your friend's router. And it's going to do that by transferring through three different or um, it's going to transfer through a medium. So there are three types of mediums that um, data can be transferred through. There's wire, fiber, and air. And um, wire, you could say, is for like Ethernet and stuff. Fiber, um, fiber cables are another type of cable um, that transfers data differently. Um, it can also be used for Ethernet. I think most Ethernet cables would prefer fiber, uh, prefer fiber, um, because the internet speeds through fiber is a lot better than wire but um, mm -hmm. let's say if you don't want to use wired stuff and you need to send stuff uh, like you want to send stuff from your your house to your friend's house you can't just connect a wire like that because that's really inconvenient if you want to connect wires through a bunch of houses just to send some data so that's why there's Wi-Fi um, and it transfers data through radio waves in the air um, so if you guys heard of 2.4 G or 5G. Um, the terms are there because um, those are different radio waves or frequencies that Wi-Fi could be transmitted as, and that's how data is sent over um, through certain radio waves. And then the receiver, or mm -hmm. let's say if you're sending it, if you're sending data to your friend's house, um, your friend's house, your their router would receive the radio waves and then convert them to data again and then send it or successfully send it, hopefully successfully send it to your friend. Um, and so that's standard Wi-Fi. And then Starlink. Um, <coughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> ah. So could you, could you say Starlink's a little bit like cell cellular data? Yeah, because cellular data transmits through um, your phone connecting to satellite dishes or cell towers. Um, mm -hmm. which are then spread through, which some are spread through satellites. And you could say that Starlink is kind of the same idea. Um, that's why they have a bunch of, they have thousands of satellites to pick up internet data and then, um, send them on over throughout the world. So that's essentially what, um, Starlink is trying to do. Yeah. So I guess in, uh, so a lot of people are $80. And compared to Wi-Fi, that's really expensive. Mm -hmm. But why don't since it's more like cellular data, why don't we compare it to cell to cellular data? Well, um, right? cellular data, it's more of like you can imagine data as Wi-Fi anywhere, um, mm -hmm. and you don't need a router for it. All it is is that you the router is basically the cell towers um, when you're getting data, and how close you are to a cell tower is how strong um, your connection is. However, Wi-Fi, um, they use routers to connect to other, to connect to other routers to the internet. Um, so you probably have a router and a modem at home um, and the modems used to like yeah. gather the devices together in one place and the modem sends information to the router so that the router can send information throughout the internet. 
However, Starlink, um, wait, does Starlink use, does Starlink use a satellite dish or a router? It uses a uh, router. Oh. Okay, I'm just dumb. Yeah, it's like a little like pizza box shaped router, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Okay. So, Starlink, um, so Starlink, it uses, it also uses a router, like regular internet, except that I believe it also uses a dish, um, or a satellite dish more specifically, so that it could pick up, um, mm -hmm. radio waves very, very far, um, from the satellites that are launched in outer space, um, part of Starlink. Well, so actually... So actually, most uh, satellites are at an altitude of 1,000 kilometers, mm -hmm. uh, but Starlink is much, much lower. Yeah. Um, so it's it's not really, you don't need that big of a satellite, or you don't, sorry, you don't need that big of a dish. That's why they're using phase array antennas uh -huh. instead of, like, normal dishes. So and so, I guess let's just talk about the pizza box shaped receiver. It's literally going to be a pizza box, and that that's also going to have phase arrays to track the satellites, yeah. and it's going to have terminals to mount to be mounted anywhere as long as there's sight of uh, line of sight to the sky, and the receiver will come with self positioning motors uh, to adjust the viewing anger. Sorry, viewing anger. angle, <laughs> and um. Uh, and then, you know, stay connected with a specific satellite if yeah. needed. Um, I think that's smart to keep the satellites closer to ground to lower the ping. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that's pretty good. Uh, you want to go over the challenges or um, some potential problems that Starlink could be running into? Yeah, definitely. So, uh, I guess the biggest problem they've taken care of is space debris and they've been deorbiting their older satellites their first few test uh, Starlink satellites were have been deorbited and f uh, with a total of five Starlinks uh, satellites ah. have been deorbited when their usage term expired and another issue which they're also solving is a significant increase in night sky brightness but as we talked as we talked about earlier uh, they're using sunshades and different angles of the, uh, of the solar array uh, they also well the biggest issue is country censorships yeah. countries like China North Korea mostly mostly China because China has a huge internet market yeah. it's just everything must be regulated by the government and the issue Starlink is having is it's a not only is it a private company but um, it's using satellites, and they need to find a way to filter all the information coming from outside of China. All the information coming going into China needs to be filtered by the government, and they need to find a way to do that for satellites. Because right now it's done by cable, so it's going to be a new challenge, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what they're going to do. Yeah, um, well, you know, Elon's a smart guy. He can probably find a way to overcome that or maybe <laughs> China, the Chinese government will um, might unban stuff like Google and stuff but that's highly unlikely because China wants to be um, want to have a China wants to have like separate China, Chinese companies to boost its economy um, so yeah. that might be pretty hard to overcome 
Um, yeah, but I guess if you look at it, China's doing a really good job because their economy, even after coronavirus, it wasn't hit as hard yeah, as America. At least they don't have an orange as a world leader, you know? That's true. That's true. So not an orange, an ape. Yeah, okay, that that too. An orange ape, <laughs> an orangutan. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, so another use of, uh, future use of Starlink is they have plans to use it on Mars as a part of SpaceX's long-term goal or plan. Uh, they want to use that using the Starship with a super heavy booster. And in Starship, they will be able to launch about 400 Starlink satellites in a single launch. And note that Star a Starship can be launched multiple times in a single day. So that's going to be amazing to see. Mm -hmm. And I feel like um, since Starlink is planned to be launching in two years with a Mars trip in four, uh, we could... Starlink could seriously see an uptake in the number of satellites being launched every day. Wow. We might be, we might come to a point where we'll see at least one launch a week. And we're already there, if you think about it, with the Falcon 9. Yeah, you're right. But, I mean, as long as they don't get delayed and postponed. Yeah, and what ha might happen is news, there might be some huge technological breakthrough where a, uh, Starlink or SpaceX will be able to limit the number of satellites they need to put up there. And I'm hoping that happens because, well, it just opens up space. Yeah. It's going to make everything safer. I think that's really amazing um, That's what Starlink's doing. Um, and there's a lot more advantages than disadvantages, or there's almost no disadvantages of the system. Um, but, yeah. yeah, we're reaching a good point in time where... Um, we're getting, I, I guess we could say we're getting to like a really different and a really new age if you compare now to a hundred years ago. Like a hundred years ago, there wasn't even internet. Yeah. But then now we're getting on a new level of internet. So. Yep. This is the age of connectivity and it's, as they say, it's an information age. So it's really good to see that we're not, we're not just plateauing where we are at we're going to keep going and companies like spacex are taking us there mm -hmm. all right caleb uh, that was a great conversation and i'm sure i learned a lot and yep. definitely sure our listeners learned a lot yeah. too um thanks for having me today starlink's really cool so i'm kind of glad i yeah. got to talk about it yep Awesome. All right. I'll see you later. Okay. Bye, Cam. Bye. All right, everyone. That's it for this week's episode. Uh, tune in next week for whatever interesting thing we're going to cover next week. Um, uh, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you leave a rating and a review. And, of course, give a recommendation to anyone who you'll think will enjoy this. Um you can also find us on social media at Cam Show Podcast. Uh, we're currently only only on Instagram, but hey, you never know. In the future, we might move to other places. Um, if you have any suggestions or anything else for us, you can find our our email or my email down below, as well as well all the links about the stuff we talked about. And yeah, until the next time, I'll see you later at Astra.